Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining me again today and for making Next on the Tee a part of your day. We are brought to you by the great folks over at the French Lick Resort, the Bobby Jones Company, Frogger Golf, and our friends at Orange Whip, makers of the Orange Whip Trainer. And folks, if you haven't checked out the Orange Whip yet, you really, you really need to go take it out, you know, take it out and uh, check them out online. What a great way to limber up and get ready for your rounds and improve your clubhead speed. Oh, by the way, you know, you know, we here we are, right? It's in the middle of winter still in some parts of the country. We're getting a little warmer here in the south. But I know our friends up north are still, you know, kind of in the house. So please, you know, you want to get your swing limbered up, get yourself back, get yourself ready to get out on the golf course. Well, you need to go check out our friends at the Orange Whip. There isn't a better way to loosen up and get prepared for your rounds than by going out and swinging the Orange Whip. My father, 73 years old, plays five days a week. He's using the Orange Whip to loosen up before his rounds. It's helping me get ready for my rounds and improving my club head speed, like I mentioned a moment ago. Take a look at what a great training it, 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 it is, and I wouldn't say that if I wasn't using it myself, my friends. Go online to see for yourself at orangewhiptrainer.com. Also want to remind you about our friends at Callaway Golf and what they've got coming out now, right? The, you know, the new Odyssey putters have hit the markets this week. You know, the difference between us and touring pros is, you know, pretty much everything. But when it comes to putting, the best putters in the world generate topspin, right, at the impact of the ball, and most of us just don't. Well, the new O-Works micro hinge insert from Odyssey lifts the ball at impact and, you know, releases it with instant topspin, regardless of what your putting stroke is like. So, in short, micro hinge sort of rolls the ball for you. The new O-Works micro hinge insert from Odyssey is, uh, you know, in store, started on the 17th, so just hit the stores yesterday. But go online to odysseygolf.com to learn more about what, what a great putter this new putter face, you know, is our great friends over at Odyssey Golf. Can't thank them enough for being a part of the show. I'm your host, Chris Mascaro, and today I'm honored and excited to share two more great guests with you. First up, I get a return visit from the best golf broadcaster of all time, in my opinion, Mr. Ben Wright. No one provided a better golf backdrop or made golf broadcasts more fun and more enjoyable to listen to than Ben Wright did. You know, it's his voice and his calls that made CBS's call of the Masters so special for all of us for well over 20 years, and I'm really looking forward to catching up with Ben Wright here in just a few minutes. Following Mr. Wright, I'll be joined by Bradley Converse. He is the owner of Bradley Putters, a company that started just in you know just a couple of months ago in December and became a sensation at the PGA Merchandise Show in January. Their putters are made from indigenous woods from their home state up in Oregon. So I'm really looking forward to hearing all about what they're doing and you know what their putters are like. Go check it out online, BradleyPutters.com. You know as we uh, approach Bradley joining us a little bit later on in this half hour. So it's going to be an informative show this morning. Thank you so much for being here and taking the journey with me over the next hour or so. And like I mentioned a moment ago, we are sponsored by the French Lick Resort, which is an absolutely spectacular place, folks. Their Pete Dye and Donald Ross designed courses were ranked number one and number two in the state of Indiana by Golf Week. It was the site of the 2015 Senior PGA Championship. And last fall, they hosted the LPGA Legends Championship as well. Go to FrenchLick.com to see for yourself how great it is and to book your stay. And every week here on Next on the Tee, we like to start off the show by saluting the brave men and women that are out there serving us in every branch of our military who are tuning in today around the world on the Armed Forces Radio Network. We want to thank all of you for the daily sacrifices that you and your families are making to protect our freedoms and our liberties. We also want to thank our veterans out there for all that you and your families have done for us over the years. It's through your strength and your efforts that our way of life continues to be possible. So, folks, if, you, if you're out and about, right, and you happen to see a member of our military, whether you're in the grocery store, restaurant, the airport, wherever you might be, 
Please stop for a moment and tell those folks thank you. They are our true heroes. Our sincere thanks as well to Sean Cruz and all the great folks over at the Armed Forces Radio Network. It is really an honor for us to have Next on the T be a part of your network. You can find our show by going to armedforcesradionetwork.org. Also want to remind our veterans out there to please continue to check out globalvoiceforveterans.org. What a great site with news and articles and a wealth of information that is specifically geared towards our veterans out there that I'm sure you're going to find both interesting and beneficial to you. Again, globalvoiceforveterans.org. Also want to send out a big thank you to our good friends over at Podbean for making Next on the Tee and our sister show on the football side, Thursday Night Tailgate, regularly featured podcasts on their website and their mobile app. You can see us featured right there on their homepage and as well as in their sports and recreation section. We really appreciate you know their support and what they're doing to promote our shows. It means a great deal to us here. If you're listening to the show as a podcast, well, we hope you're doing it on the Podbean podcast app. And on their app, you can get instant updates every time we publish a new episode. It's free. It's got great features that let you easily discover, listen, and even publish a podcast for yourself if you want. Whether you use an Android or an iPhone, Podbean is the app for your podcasting needs. Get the app now on Google Play or the Apple App Store so you can enjoy you know, the podcasts that you love across all genres. And we hope two of them are next on the T and Thursday Night Tailgate. Again, podbean.com. All right, now back with me on the French Lick Resort guest line is Mr. Ben Wright. And it's, you know, both an honor for me to spend some time, you know, an honor and a privilege to spend some time with Ben Wright. He's a man I've revered for so many years for the wonderful way he framed up golf for all of us on television, making the sport infinitely more enjoyable for all of us to watch. Mr. Wright is also one of the great storytellers of all time, and you'll see further evidence of that if you pick up his book, Good Bounces and Bad Lies on Amazon.com. He'll forever live in the hearts and minds of so many golf fans, including yours truly here, for the wonderful work he did broadcasting the Masters for CBS for so many years. I say this every time he joins me because, you know, I don't want anyone to forget that it was Ben Wright who used the phrase, yes, sir, to put an exclamation point on Jack Nicklaus's eagle putt on the 15th hole, two holes and 20 minutes before Vern, Vern uh, Lundquist used that same phrase in conjunction with Mr. Nicholas's birdie putt on 17. And of all the blessings I've had doing this show and the guests that I've had the privilege of talking to, no privilege has meant more to me than speaking with Mr. Ben Wright. And I'm, like I say, I'm honored that he is back again with me this morning on Next on the Tee. Good morning, Mr. Wright. Thank you for joining me again. I'm uh, always ple- you know, pleasantly surprised by your fulsome, uh, introduction of me, Chris, quite unnecessary since I'm now in my dotage at the age of 84. But I really appreciate your, your your gratitude. It's a pleasure for me to be on your network. I was a veteran in my youth <laughs> in the British Army uh, when I, where I served as a Russian interpreter. <laughs> In the height of the Cold War, <laughs> just <Wow>. by the by. <laughs> and, and Mr. Wright, before we get into you know my stuff for you this morning, you and I had you know had a few moments to talk prior to the show and, and earlier this week, and uh, you know you, you let me know you've got some updates and some things you know that uh, that are on your mind and you wanted to share with our audience. So please, you know, give us an update. What are some of the things you're doing? What's what are some of the things on your mind this week? Well, first of all, Chris. I, I want to express my extreme sorrow that Tiger Woods, you know, has really uh, apparently started to fall apart. 
uh, you know, which can happen to all of us, but it's ridiculous at his age of 41. Uh, and I'm really sorry that, you know, things are not working out for him. Uh, and, and when you can't attend a press conference because you can't even sit up, uh, it's a sorry, really horrible state of affairs. And, I, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that I have a tremendous sympathy with the young man because uh, he's meant so much to the modern game and contributed so much. You know, there's, there's a very good case that he was the best player of all time, for certainly for a period. Um, I would argue in favor of uh, my old... Uh, <laughs> sparring partner Jack Nicholas, but uh, it's still a very sad thing for the game of golf that he's not going to be around apparently for a very long time in a meaningful manner, if ever. And to that point, right, you talk about, you know, the argument for, for Tiger being one of the best players of all time, and clearly that's the case, right? You know, whether whether you're, you know, you love Tiger or you were a Tiger, you know, hater, Right. You can't mm -hmm. you can't dismiss the fact of what you know, what he accomplished over, you know, his career, 14 major victories, most victories on tour, all of those sorts of things. But, you know, and this is one of the questions I really wanted to get your thoughts on today. When you look at Tiger Woods, you talk about Jack Nicklaus as well. And, you know, I'm a I'm a Jack Nicklaus diehard fan. I've loved Mr. Nicklaus, you know, since I was a kid. You know, your thoughts. Best, best player of all time, Where Jack Nicklaus, Tiger Woods, Bobby Jones, Ben Hogan, where do those rank? Well, you, you know something, I, you, you can't really compare different uh, periods of time that are separated by decades. But to my mind, Bobby Jones was obviously the finest amateur golfer of all time. There wouldn't be any argument about that, I don't think. But, um, you know, I still remember Carnoustie in 1953 and watching Ben Hogan win the British Open uh, there. And to, me, to my mind, if you're talking about the purity of striking the golf ball, there's no rival to Ben Hogan. Maybe possibly Byron Nelson, who was very much like a machine, and very underrated, uh, in my opinion. But for for the winningest and the the ability to find a winning stroke whenever he needed it, Jack Nicholas is without peer in my experience. Now, for sheer meteoric brilliance, uh, Tiger Woods takes a lot of beating, but um, injury and various other aspects of his life uh, seem to have uh, derailed him and therefore with Nicholas having won 18 majors and, and Tiger being stuck on 14 I, how can you possibly say that anybody but Nicholas uh, was the greatest player of all time you know Tiger had brilliant moments absolutely absurdly brilliant Winning, winning uh, open championships by over ten shots is is so ridiculous. It's it, 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 it's so brilliant. It's almost 
Well, it's almost unbelievable what he did when he was at the height of his powers. But longevity uh, is a very important thing in this equation, in my opinion. And no one, no one produced so much magnificent golf for so long uh, as Jack Nicklaus. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, even when just if you're just looking at longevity is certainly a great thing that Mr. Nicholas had as a part of, you know, his career and his legacy. But, you know, we, we, we talk about the 18 majors and to 14 for Tiger. But, you know, you, if, you, if you expand it out, right, Nicholas had, you know, 19 seconds mm-hmm. and nine thirds in major. So 46 mm-hmm. times he was in the top three. Mm-hmm. You look at Tiger and Tiger only had 24 of those top threes in, in, in majors. So 46 to 24, almost twice as many times Nicholas finished, you know, at or near the top of the tournament. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure it's much, much of a debate taking, you know, the breadth of both of their careers to this point. Now, again, you can't, to your point, you can't take away how marvelous and brilliant Tiger Woods was for so many years. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's certainly one of the greatest of all time. But I want to get back to a, 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 a comment you made a moment ago. When you, when you first talked about Jack Nicholas, you mentioned him as a sparring partner. Why a sparring partner? Well, um, Jack and I, uh, it's a, I suppose I could say it was a, on my part a love-hate relationship because, you know, he can be a tough SOB to deal with. I remember he graced my, uh, my golf course, Cliffs Valley, with his presence along with uh, those of his all his sons to play in the BMW uh, web.com tournament at Cliffs Valley and uh, I said to him uh, after his first round on my golf course the one I designed I said uh, did, well, how do you like it and what do you think of it and he said nice little golf course he said but tiger lilies day lilies have no part to play in golf. And I said, what do you mean, Jack? They're just ornaments on on the side of the golf course to make it a walk in the park. He said, rubbish. He said, I got in them. And I realize now that it's absurd to have daylilies on the golf course. And, you know, that's the kind of thing. He's very combative. Uh, is Jack. (laughs) And so I said, I finished second in the uh, pro celebrity uh, division and Jack finished third. And so I had great delight in saying to him, (laughs) now that an old man has beaten you, Jack, you better hang up your boots. And and of course, that's the kind of relationship (laughs) We've enjoyed. If I enjoyed anyhow, but he was he he was absolutely mad because he got in to the daylilies, which are not meant to be in play. And I, you know, but he Jack's very obstinate. He's a very obstinate fellow. <laughs> I do, I don't think I'd better say any more. Otherwise, <laughs> I'll have him after me. <laughs> uh, Let's change the subject, Chris. What yes. I was, what I was uh, going to say to you was um, I noticed that uh, Keith Pelly, who runs the European tour now, 
has started to jazz things up and is uh, embarking in Perth, Australia with six whole matches. Uh, You know, feeling that the game has to be shortened and speeded up. Well, I think that's true at the club level. Uh, I I think that it takes far too long uh, for club golfers to play and it takes too much out of their day. It virtually takes a day, as a matter of fact, to play 18 holes. So I would be happy about that at the club level, but at the highest level of professionalism, it seems quite absurd to me that they're trying six-hole matches. Nothing is decided over six holes, for goodness sake. I mean, the game started as a 12-hole round, and that was too short. Uh, and um, I, I, I really depth these, uh, these ideas that everything has to be speeded up because of people's attention span being ever shorter and, and so on. I, 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 I hate seeing it happen. It's happening in the international cricket arena where now they've gone from uh, 50 overs for each team, which is uh, an over is six balls, bowl to a batsman, and uh, now they, they're going to 20 overs for a team. So it's just become, as it's n- named in Australia, the Big Bash. And that's not cricket, as they say <laughs> in England. That's just not cricket. And uh, in golf, I hate the idea of golf going the same way. Now, I'm an old fuddy-duddy, Chris. But, um, <laughs> you know, true... Tr- I, I think that 72-hole stroke play tournaments as a, as a, uh, a diet uh, is, is a very much an overdose. Uh, there are too many of them, and there are too few varieties of the game. Of course, match play doesn't seem to work because television hates it. I remember my debut for CBS in August of 1972 at the uh, Country Club of North Carolina. It was the uh, Liggett and Myers United States Match Play Championship. And uh, Nicholas and Trevino were in in CBS's hopes going to contest the final. And instead we got Dee Witt Weaver and John Schroeder and um, L- L&M, or Liggett and Myers, promptly dropped the event. And, um, of course, that's the kind of thing that makes 72 holes uh, the most popular vehicle for television. But I'm, I'm sorry. They, they, for instance, they ditched the wonderful uh, international tournament at Castle Pines, a magnificent Jack Nicholas, of course, I must give him credit where it's due. And, um, that, you know, with the, with the points system, uh, a bastardized Stableford. Um, but, you know, it's a shame to me that that kind of uh, event disappeared off the calendar. And I know it broke the owner of Castle Pines, Jack Vickers' heart, when that 
uh, event was taken off the tour. And, and, and we are overfed with a diet of 72 all events. No question about it in my mind. But six whole match play, to me, that's for school kids, for goodness sake. <laughs> and as you mentioned Sorry. A, a few moments ago, Mr. Wright, you've you've designed yes. a golf course, and I want to talk to you about your golf course here in just a few minutes. But if if someone approached you as a designer, and you talk about club play, you know, hey, twelve, you know, six hole matches or six holes at a time might be good for mm-hmm. for uh, for club play, but not necessarily for out on the tour. If you were designing mm-hmm. a course today, would you design it <laughs> so that you know you had six holes in one direction that ended up back at the clubhouse and then maybe another six and end up back in the club. So you, you could break up the 18 into six whole chunks, if you will, or do you well, think that we you should, know, you know, keep way we are today? I think the ideal thing, if I was doing another course today would be a loop of three, a loop of six and a loop of nine. So if you only had an hour to spare, You'd play the three holes during your lunch hour, maybe. Or if you had a little more, you'd play six holes. Uh, or if you had further time, of course, you'd play nine. Uh, and if you divided the golf course in the, that way into three segments, I think it would help the club player enormously. Um, that would be the way I would go about it if uh, the, the all three loops would come back to the clubhouse, which is easy enough. I want to go back to some of your memories of uh, some of the great yeah. players that you had you got witness to, and we've talked in the past about how much you revered Ben Hogan. I was curious, you know, to get your memories of Mr. Hogan. In that, what was it like the first time that you actually, you know, you went and you watched him play and those sorts of things? What was it like the first time you actually got to talk to him? Well, I tried to. I tried to thumb a, a ride in his limousine because I was a serving soldier at the time that I went absent without leave to watch him. And he told his driver uh, on no account uh, to pick up this young man, drive on. And that was my first time <laughs> talking to Mr. Hogan. But I wrote him a letter subsequently when I was first invited Colonial National Invitational Tournament in Fort Worth. I wrote him a letter, and I reminded him of the fact that I watched him play every single shot he played in in practice and in the championship in that year. And I said I also tried to thumb a, a ride with you in your limousine, and you turned me down. And I said, you may not remember that. But um, I'd love to have the opportunity to meet you and and come round your factory. Well, I got the most lovely letter back from Mr. Hogan saying, you will be picked up uh, by my people at uh, Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. You will be taken to your hotel. You can freshen up and then come to the factory and, and I'll give you a tour. Well, that's exactly what happened. And I had this fascinating tour of the Ben Hogan factory with the man himself. And he was incredibly critical. I mean, he would look at a club and say, that's not good enough. 
he would toss it in the bin. And he was such a perfectionist that I think that's what caused the business to go under, that he rejected too much of his own product. But I was absolutely fascinated by this tour. And then he said to me, what are you doing tomorrow? And I said, well, I suppose going to the golf course. It was That would have been the, the Tuesday of Colonial Week. And he said, well, why don't you lunch with me at Shady Oaks? And I said, that would be an absolute privilege. And, of course, I showed up in my rental car, which I'd got by then. And um, I had the most wonderful lunch. Uh, with Mr. Hogan in which, you know, he regaled me with, with all kinds of stories. Some of them were, were, were not fit to print either, uh, but it was a terrific <laughs> experience. And then he said, okay, now we're going to the practice tee. And, of course, my heart went into my mouth that I was going to hit shots in front of the great Mr. Hogan, who... Uh, sat on a seat stick while he watched me hit these terrible bunch of golf shots. And he said, you stop being so damn nervous. I'm not an ogre. And I managed to hit a few decent shots before he said, that's enough. And um, he said, I, I needed to see how you swung the club because I'm going to go back to the factory tomorrow and uh, make you up a set of clubs to the specifications that I think will do best for your game. And I said, I'm absolutely overwhelmed, Mr. Hogan. My goodness, you know, this is, uh, this is an embarrassment of riches. He said, think nothing of it. And darn me, when I got back to England, the clubs were waiting for me. Uh, and a, a most wonderful set of uh, Ben Hogan Edge clubs. And uh, gosh, I mean, I, I played with them for years. And they were indeed a, a great factor in improving my puny game. I actually, um, I once had a two handicap. But um, when I came out of the service, I never got better than five or six. But, I mean, I definitely took four shots off, off a round with the clubs that he had made for me. And, of course, obviously that experience is something that will live forever in my memory. You know, Mr. Wright, I, I had the privilege of having Bobby Nichols on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he and Mr. Hogan were also good friends. Bobby, you know, always said he played very well when he had the opportunity to be paired with Mr. Hogan, so much so that he said Ben Hogan told him one time that he should be paying him to play with him. That's how, you know, how, how much success Bobby had when he was paired <laughs> with, with Mr. Nichols. And, you know, Bobby obviously went on and won the 1964 PGA championship. But curious, did you ever have an opportunity to, to spend any time with Bobby Nichols? Oh, yes. I spent quite a lot of time with Bobby Nichols because when I first came over, uh, and again, I was invited by the Firestone Company to the Firestone Country Club to watch the World Series there. Oh, gosh. Um, and it was a, a long time ago. And Bobby was the pro at Firestone. 
So I spent quite a lot of time with Bobby Nichols. And uh, as a matter of fact, I played in the Pro-Am, uh, in a Pro-Am at Firestone once with the great Ben Crenshaw. And Crenshaw gave me a putting lesson, which again, I would say, cut at least four shots around off uh, my puny game. And, uh, you know, I shall be forever grateful for that. Uh, You know, the wonderful life that I've had, the privileged life of being with all these great players, and most of them the greatest gentleman you could ever wish to meet. Mr. Wright, just a couple of more before we let you go and uh, you kind of fast forward to today's game. As you look at Jordan Spieth, and Jordan is he's playing obviously very well, coming off a great performance there last week and uh, his win at Pebble Beach. Yes. He's, he's, yes. he's played a couple of practice rounds, he said, you know, at Augusta National back in, in December and proclaimed, you know, to birdie number 12 both times he played it, you know, sort of declaring, you know, his demons are now exercised from that hole. But, you know, playing, you know, with some corporate sponsors in December is a far cry from playing in the Masters and having a lead on Sunday. Curious to get your thoughts of, you know, what a wonderful young man that he is. And he seems to have, you know, a, a very good mental approach to, you know, his life and the game and all that sort of thing. Do you think he's exercised well, the demons? I think he probably has. I think he's an intelligent enough gentleman uh, to put that behind him because he's smart enough, I think, to be able to shut that out of his mind. Uh, Because I have total admiration for young Jordan Spieth. I think he's a huge credit to America and one of the nicest young people in the whole darn world. And to be as good a player as well, well, it's icing on the cake. He's He's, uh, he's such a good person that um, I, I absolutely was, I was cheering like mad when he won at Pebble because, you know, he put it in cruise control, and that's a dangerous game to play. Um, but he, he got away with it. But, um, you know, I think everything for him, he's so young, everything is a learning process, uh, uh, I think he probably frightened himself a little uh, on that back nine at Pebble by not closing it out more convincingly. Uh, but that's, again, it'll be something he is so bright he will have learned from. And uh, I, 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 have, I cannot say anything negative about such a splendid uh, young man. I really and and hell of a golfer. I mean, his putting is out of this world. It would be a rival to Crenshaw and and Bobby Locke and Bob Charles and all the great putters. I I would put him in that group, you know, already. And Mr. Ray, as you mentioned a moment ago, and I I, want to get back to this uh, before we let you go. You know, one of the things that I don't think enough people know about you is you have designed a beautiful looking golf course up in South Carolina called the Cliffs. Talk about your golf course. Well, um, Mr. Jim Anthony, who was uh, the man who owned all the Cliffs properties until, unfortunately, 
he uh, outgrew his, uh, well, he, he got greedy, I suppose you could say, and paid the price and went bankrupt and, and lost them all, uh, lost all the Cliffs courses to a company out of Florida called Arendale. But when Jim built his first golf course, the Cliffs at Glassy Mountain, um, it was a beautiful golf course. I mean, it, the views from it were absolutely sensational. I mean, you could see the bank building in Spartanburg, which is like 50 miles away uh, off this mountain. But it's a really uh, horribly difficult golf course for those of us on the back nine of life. So when Jim Anthony came to me and asked me if I wanted to design Cliffs Valley, I said, well, on the clear understanding, Jim, that what you need and, you, you know, he had never played a golf shot in his life. I said, what you need is a user-friendly golf course. If you want me to build the hardest golf course in the world, I'm not your man. But if you want me to do a user-friendly, fun golf course, uh, then I'll do it. And he said, well, I wouldn't know any better, so go ahead. And that I did. And I... And the proof uh, of the pudding is in the eating. It is easily the most popular of the Cliffs courses because it's so user-friendly that people want to come back time and again. I was there last evening uh, for dinner with a group of uh, my friends, and the place was jumping. I mean, it, it was literally the dining area was totally full. Uh, and it's only because the members of the club support the club because they so love the golf course that they playing it ad infinitum, despite what they might think of one or two holes, like the second, which has a rather severe green, because it was washed out so many times in thunderstorms when we were constructing the place. But um, I'm I'm very proud of it. Because uh, I've done about seven courses around the place, and uh, most, well, three of them in the south of France, actually. And um, this one is my pride and joy because it gives the most enjoyment. And that's, you know, I think that's where golf lost its way in uh, in the last two or three decades by uh, developers wanting to build the hardest golf course in the United States so they could brag about it. And, of course, all it is is a turn-off. And, I, you know, and I've, uh, I've sparred with Mr. Nicholas on that score. I am not a great uh, fan of his golf courses. Some of them are a lot better than others. But um, I think, generally speaking, he designed golf courses for high-class players like himself and really didn't think about the less good golfer. And um, and I think that's that has been Jack's problem. It hasn't seemed to have uh, done any harm to his business, however, uh, because he's the greatest golfer who ever lived. <laughs> mm -hmm. There we are. 
And you've got your your golf tournament, the Ben Wright Invitational, coming up later this summer, August 24th to the 26th, up at Crystal Mountain. Talk about that event. Well, they, um, I won the first event with a, a young broadcaster from Lansing called Michael Patrick Shields, who is a, a crazy Irish boy, uh, a minimal talent on the golf course. He was, a, he was a big old linebacker type of guy, and he uh, hit the ball to all corners of the compass. And we won the event in a 10-team, uh, nine-hole shootout. On the final hole, <clears throat> excuse me, we were naked against uh, a three-handicapper and a five-handicapper, and it was Michael's uh, tee shot. And I said, anywhere in the fairway will do, even if you use your putter. So he gets <laughs> up there and flashes his driver and hits it about 40 yards into the woods on the right. Um, thankfully, our five handicap opposition hooked his tee shot out of bounds. So it gave us a faint chance. So I got into the woods and I hacked the ball out with a forearm underneath the branches and I just bobbled it along the ground into the middle of the fairway. But unfortunately, the three-handed capper put it stone dead uh, with the the second ball uh, and uh, uh, we conceded a bogey five. So I, I said to Michael Patrick, now, listen, you crazy Irishman, He's 26 handicap, by the way. And uh, I said, anywhere on the green will do. You can use an organ of your body to knock it on if you so desire. <laughs> Whereupon he takes out his wedge and slams it 40 yards right of the green once again into the bushes. So I get in there and... I really just took a blind hack at it with a sand wedge. And it flew out and went straight into the hole, going quite quickly at the time. And I won the event with Michael. He was 26 handicap himself. To me, he was like 42 handicap. But (laughs) we won it. And the, the, the lovely people at Crystal Mountain came and said, can we name this event after you. And I said, oh, no. I said, don't see why not. And that's what happened. And the thing has gone from strength to strength. And it's just become a lovely, uh, lovely two-day two event. And uh, a shootout for the amateurs at the end of it when the pros uh, take their money and go home. And it, it, it's been a, a fantastic. And... Uh, I'm glad to say we gave the first tee uh, 40 grand uh, last year, which was wow. very useful. So uh, anyhow, that's that's how it became the Ben Wright Invitational at Crystal Mountain. Wow, what a great story. Mr. Wright, it, it's always yeah. such an honor for me to get to spend some time with you. I told you off air, and I, and I mean it sincerely. There's, I can't imagine a better way to spend a Saturday morning than to, to sit and listen to you tell stories and have you as part of the show. I can't thank you enough 
for everything that you've meant to me and, and to this show. Thank you for being here again this morning. Thank you very much indeed for having me, Chris. Look forward to hopefully getting to catch up with you again real soon, Mr. Wright. In between now and then, all the best to you and to your family. Thank you very much. Same to you, Chris. Thanks, Mr. Wright. That is uh, legendary broadcaster Ben Wright, and, and I mean it sincerely. There, I can't imagine a better way than to, to start off a Saturday morning than to, to get to spend some time and a little extra time this morning with Ben Wright. It's, uh, it's always an honor and a privilege for me to do so. All right, before we get to my next guest, Bradley Converse, I want to give a shout-out to our friends at the Bobby Jones Company. Folks, just like it is here today here in Atlanta, cold, damp, windy days, right? Game changers. But you can beat the odds with Bobby Jones layers, from their quarter-zip pullovers to super soft sweaters. They'll keep you both looking good and feeling good, whether you're in the office or out on the golf course. Check out all of their great styles by going to bobbyjones.com. Plus, while you're there, you can watch playing lessons from Bobby Jones himself. And, folks, a lot of those playing lessons still hold true to today. Go to bobbyjones.com to see for yourself how great their apparel truly is. And while you're on their site, click on the equipment link to see their great line of drivers, fairway woods, and hybrids designed by one of the game's most influential equipment designers, Jesse Ortiz. Like his father, Lou, and Bobby Jones himself, really, Jesse has a passion for the game and for club design. You remember his great Triwood medals from his days at Olimar. Well, now he's putting his creativity and innovative designs to work, creating great equipment for the Bobby Jones Company. Check it out online by going to the Equipment tab on bobbyjones.com, or you can go directly there by going to bobbyjonesclubs.com. And if you're looking for some great golf accessories, well, check out our great friends over at Frogger Golf. What a wonderful array of products they have. Like their amphibian towel that won Best New Product at the PGA Merchandise Show back in 2009. They've got some great new products that are also named, you know, the best product this year at the PGA Merchandise Show. Their catch latch technology. What a wonderful idea that was, right? It allows you to easily and securely attach and release your golf accessories. Now they're making them for you know, for your cell phone, right? So if you have your, your range finder on your cell phone, you're using an app there, right? You can put your cell phone right, you know, right to your golf bag, attach that. So many great ideas and so many great products from froggergolf.com. And they've got some great stuff for under $20 as well. So please check it out online, froggergolf.com. We'll get to my next guest, Bradley Converse, on the other side of this station identification. You're listening to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, heard around the world on the Armed Forces Radio Network. Now joining me on the French Lick Resort guest line is Bradley Converse. Bradley is the owner of the Bradley Putter Company that went from being a company that didn't exist a couple of months ago to one whose product caught the eye of so many people at this year's PGA Merchandise Show. Bradley is an honors graduate from the Oregon from Oregon State University with his degree in mechanical engineering, spent 10-plus years in various roles as an engineer where he was designing military equipment that can survive a nuclear blast, folks. He went from, you know, from there to starting the Bradley Putter Company in December and, like I said, became a big hit at the PGA Merchandise Show here just a few weeks ago, and I'm excited to have Bradley here with me and next on the tee this morning. Good morning, Bradley. Chris Mascaro here. Thanks for taking time out of your morning to be a part of the show. Morning, Chris. My pleasure. So, Bradley, I mean, tell us your story. How did you go from being an engineer protecting our military? You know, our show here is on the, you know, the Armed Forces Radio Network, so thank you for what you were doing sure. for our military. But protecting them from nuclear blast now to designing putters made out of wood. Yeah, so it's kind of a funny story. Uh, first, apologize for my voice i've uh, got a two-year-old daughter and she always picks up something so uh voice a little lower than normal but 
Hey, at least I can talk. So, um, yeah, it's a, kind of a crazy story. So about uh, you know, 10 years ago, got hired on at a military contracting company. Um, you know, I, I tried to go the Air Force route, but I've had back surgery, and so they, they wouldn't take me to fly their plane. So um, started working for a guy that has a Ph.D. from MIT in material science. He started training me on how to uh, design things so that when they get hit, so if there's a shocker, uh, you know, something strikes our equipment, we know how to make it survive. It's a real complicated process. Use a lot of really expensive, fancy software, but it's a lot of fun to do that. Um, he trained me for about six years before he moved on to another company, and then I moved on and uh, took his spot at the company where you know, we designed everything from uh, cannons to shoot satellites into space um, to you know, exhaust systems for Navy ships, uh, stealth systems for, for Navy ships, um, all sorts of just crazy things. Some stuff can't tell you about, but uh, that, that was a really fun time. Two years ago, so I'm, I'm out in Southern Oregon, and this, the headquarters for this company is in the Virginia area where, you know, everything related to military is. Uh, we had a, a small R&D base here, one of those buildings that you drive by, and you have no idea what's in there because it, there's no signs, and we kind of hide everything. Uh, two years ago, they decided to kind of consolidate everything back to Virginia, and they got rid of everybody across the whole country, uh, got rid of the, the base here, but they kept me, and they said, we want to have you work from home and you'll just have to travel out because we still need you to help the business grow. So I did that for a couple of years and then uh, it, it worked, but I just, I love Oregon and uh, the amount of travel I had to do was hard on me or on the family. And come November, I got the call saying, Hey, the only way you can keep your job is if you go ahead and move to Virginia, uh, they're changing up their business model. And that was the only thing that would make sense. So I uh, respectfully declined and started talking to other business owners around town what should I do with my life now? Um, didn't really have, you know, I had a few ideas, had a few uh, prototypes that I built that I could have ran with because, you know, I am an engineer. So I was doing some, uh, some hardware software things that would have been great for Kickstarter, but started running that route. And then on Black Friday, I was at the Mother Goose store. It's a, a really high end furniture and cool product store in Portland. And uh, they said there was a, a like, wooden drum there. Uh, that just sparked my interest. It had all these cool cutouts on it. You hit different spots. It made different sounds. And I thought, hey, what if you made a putter out of a piece of wood that had those kind of crazy cutouts? Um, I've been playing golf since I was about 10. I've been whittling since I was about five. So it was one of those things where it's just all my passions kind of aligned together. Like, hey, that could make a lot of sense. So I started real fast. You know, I got the idea on a Friday. By Sunday, I had a, a web page up and some Facebook ads going to see if there was interest for this. Sure enough, there was started making the products, uh, figured out real quick that doing any sort of cutouts on the wood was a bad idea, but running with burl wood was a great idea. Um, and I just started making putters. It was, uh, uh, one of those things where I got so much experience working with metal and CNC machines and all that, that I knew how to do all this stuff, but I knew that CNC machines wouldn't do a good job. So I just started making them by hand. Wow. So, so you go from that, how do you go from that, right? To, you know, boy, this could really be something in December, right, to being on the floor at the PGA Merchandise Show in January. Yeah, uh, the Lord opened a lot of doors. That's, that's all I can say there. So I uh, got the idea, started making putters, um, you know, had putters made bef you know, before the idea was a week old. Took them to Grants Pass Golf Club, and people started trying them. I, you know, I, I'm uh, pretty forward with my sales. I'll just go up and talk to people. So took on my putters and said, hey, could you try this out? Let me know what you think. And they're like, yeah, this is a great putter. Uh, your grips aren't that great, but everything else is good. 
Well, I'd gone to a pawn shop and I sawed off the head on two putters and, uh, you know, bought two putters for 10 bucks, sawed off the heads and glued them into place. So they were really old shafts, old grips, but proved the concept. So I started posting all these pictures on Instagram. My Instagram page just has, it exploded. Um, it's just been crazy, steady growth. We're over we're almost to about 4,000 followers already. And we're like less than 80 days in. Um, wow. So started getting people contacting me on Instagram. First one was uh, the Great and Weekend Golf Expo contacted me and said, hey, we really love your product. We want you to come to our show all the way out in, uh, in Manchester, New Hampshire, and be our official putter company. So I'm like, yeah, sounds great. Very next day, the putt ski company, they make a, a ski ball uh, putting game. Really fun, really cool guys. They contacted me and said, hey, we have a double booth at the PGA show uh, that we were able to get someone else left and we were able to pick it up but we don't need all that space we can't afford all that space it wouldn't make sense for us if you don't come with us uh because they just been seeing my posts and kind of company that we're running here and they said we want you to be right next to us so uh one day i was in the great new england golf ex the pj merchandise show and then uh, about a day or two after that one of my uh one of my you know my best friend corbin he's actually an army ranger he uh he's stationed in colorado and he's been doing a ton of work for me uh he works you know 14 plus hour days as a lot of your listeners know, and then he'll come home and uh, I know Stone Colorado will call me up and say, hey, what can I do to, to help? So that's been a huge part of how I've been able to, to succeed here. But um, yeah, it, uh, he was able to contact the Portland Golf Show. They had connections to the uh, Dallas Golf Show. Uh, those are my last two ones I'm doing. But in a span of about a week, I went from, you know, no one knew me, no one heard of me, to all of a sudden I was going to be at four trade shows. And uh, there was uh, that was just kind of the, the start of all of the work to come for the next few weeks. Um, you know, there was, I did the calculation. It was about uh, in the two weeks prior to the PGA show, two and a half weeks prior to the PGA show, put in about two months worth of time, you know, if you're counting like an eight hour day, uh, just because there were a whole lot of 20 hour days, wake up at six, six thirty, and uh, go to bed at two or to four. Um, it was wow. hectic getting all the putters made, getting all the design stuff done. But, uh, I needed something to work. I needed something to, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of different passions, a lot of different things I like to do. I don't want to just do sales. don't want to just do marketing. don't want to just do engineering. And now I've got the opportunity to kind of do all of that. But to make that happen, I had to do a ton of work to get to the PGA show. Um, but then, yeah, it turned out to be pretty successful there. <laughs> Indeed it has. And just, you know, you, you mentioned a moment ago the type of wood, burl wood. Talk about the, you know, the types of woods and the materials that you're using to, to you know, to put into your putter heads. Sure. So my supplier is Greg Dahl with Oregon Burls. Uh, good personal, you know, family friend. Um, our, our families go way back. We're the kind of people where we don't have a contract. We have a handshake agreement, and it's stronger than any contract would ever be. It's, that's the kind of people I'm, you know, generally dealing with here. What Burlwood is, is if you're, you know, going, if you're walking on like a really old street and you see those oak trees with big, big round things on the side of them, those are burls. So burls generally take a long time to grow. They are genetic, excuse me, genetic deformations in the tree so that it's, you know, if you have a, a big yoke in the tree where like it splits off, that's not a burl. It has to be an actual genetic deformation. What that does for us is it creates really tight patterns uh, of grains that one it's gorgeous it makes just the most amazing looking wood you'll ever see but it also provides you know from an engineering standpoint it provides really good vibration patterns in the wood long straight grains are going to provide really low frequencies really tight grains provide really high frequencies really stable stable frequencies that uh, 
just provide a ridiculously good feel. Um, so just about any tree can produce a burl. Uh, we just have to go out and get them. So Greg Dahl was just, you know, this past week, he was out in Salt Lake City getting burls. Uh, uh, two weeks ago on Sunday, we were about 20 minutes from my house getting a big Madrone burl. It's, uh, I posted some videos on my Instagram page of us. You know, all we had to do was pretty much cut the roots, and the tree just toppled itself. Because these, uh, you know, we're, we're doing very selective cutting when we do cut, and a lot of times we're just going to mulch yards or they're making compost, and we say, hey, that's a burl. We need to, can we take that from you? And uh, kind of a win-win for everybody. So any any type of tree. It's uh, genetic de uh, deformation on the tree, and then you know, they, they get massive. We get ones that are two to 5,000 pounds as one burl, which wow. can make a lot of putters. So, Brad, talk about the process. How does, how does they, you know, you, as you take those off the trees or get them, you know, uh, after they've already been falling off, of, you know, off a tree, how do they go from being a burl, right, to end up being, you know, a perfectly milled piece of wood that ends up at the bottom of one of your shafts? Right. It is a, uh, it's a long process. So people ask, you know, how long does it take to make one? Well, <clears throat> depends on what your depth, like what your starting point is. So from tree to green, you're talking about two months. Um, from uh, when I get it from my supplier to when I can ship it, it's usually two to four weeks uh, from when they, well, when we get the order to when we can ship it. Um, actual time of handling it is a couple days worth. So it's a, uh, it's a long process. So we get the tree, cut it down, uh, clean up the burl because it's usually near the base of the tree, so it's got a ton of dirt on it. Clean all that off, and then we process it down into smaller shapes. Now, it's not like we're processing a huge slab at once. We have to process every single block individually. Uh, what happens is we stabilize the wood, so it's not just normal wood. Um, I met the guys from the uh, St. Andrews Golf Company and you know, the CEO at the PGA show there, and they're like, oh, yeah, how do you do all this stuff? And we started talking, and our process is like only things we have in common is that there's lead and wood in them. Other than that, it's completely <laughs> different. It's, you know, very much the 21st century uh, processes here. So we take this, uh, uh, take the wood, we stabilize it. Uh, it's a real fancy process. My, uh, my supplier is one of the best in the world at it, and it makes it so that the wood won't chip, crack, break, any of that. It, it also makes it harder and more dense. So it provides a, a ridiculously good feel, um, and we can stabilize most wood. Some woods we have to do different processes with where, we have to do the carving first, then stabilize. Others stabilize really well, and we can stabilize and then carve. So after we get the block of wood, we then split it. Uh, I do the engineering analysis to know exactly where I need to put lead weights, uh, exactly what kind of diameter, what length, um, you know, exactly. And I, right now I'm doing all the pouring of the lead myself. Uh, we then place those in the, the, the putter head in the exact right configuration where, you know, there'll be some putters have, like three different sizes and seven weights in one small putter head just to get the weight in the exact right spot and the center of gravity in the exact right spot. Um, and then we put it all back together, we glue it all back together, and then we get carbon. So we use things like band saws, uh, hand sanders, belt sanders. Uh, we use Dremel tools, all these, you know, we're, there's no CNC machines. We don't just type in code and expect it to pop out. It's much more complicated than that. Um, if we did that, we would lose half our product because each burl is a little bit different and you can't just take a CNC machine and just mill it. You have to, um, excuse me, I, you have to really, uh, you have to sand everything because if you're milling it, it will grab the grains and it'll break your, break your product. So we have to hand sand everything. The, the final processes take hours for each putter 
just to get it to the point where it's, uh, it, I mean, it, we polished about 2,000 grit, and then we buff. And then it's, it's just a, a very long process that uh, um, it takes a lot of love. And you, you're just sitting looking at the same block of wood for a long time. But one of the most exciting parts is when you go from a rough piece that doesn't look like anything, and then you start buffing and polishing, and uh, it turns into something that is just gorgeous. So actually, I have a customer here right now who's picking up a putter from me. And uh, yeah, she thinks it's actually here. So I'm on the radio right now. Yeah. And uh, let me just put your... So what do you think of this putter that I'm delivering to you right now? Just describe it. The colors are amazing. It looks like agate or marble or something. Where, where's the blue color come from? So that's dyed into the wood. So another thing we can do for our customers is we dye whatever colors you want. We've got uh, some putters that we're doing for the For the Fallen group. It's red, white, and blue oh built God. into the wood. So it's not painted on. It's dyed straight into the wood. Okay. Um, so this one is heading up to Portland, Oregon today. Do I take this? Yeah, you can take that as well. And we do uh, custom head covers as well. So okay. there you go. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's great stuff, Brad. Yeah. And, and, and right now, I mean, I, I, was reading, you know, as I was reading about, you know, all of your great success and the things that you guys are doing, I know, I, I believe I read that, you know, you're looking to have, you know, your own, you know, plant facility, whatever you want to call it, but literally you've been doing this out of your garage. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's correct. I'm, uh, you know, in my garage last night, my brother-in-law came over and we sanded some putters together. Um, it's all operations. Well, so it started off, uh, when I first got the idea, I didn't have the tools in my garage. You know, I used to do all my stuff at the shop, uh, you know, where I, where I worked, didn't have what I needed in my shop. So I just posted on Facebook, said, Hey, one of my friends have a shop that I could try these out. So the first two putters I made were in Rob Mortimer's and in Gene Kedwig's shops. And that's where I started. And then I uh, started buying some stuff for my garage so I could hang out and you know, spend more time with my family. Well, you know, I, I'll work real late, but at least I'll be able to like, put my daughter to bed and then uh, head in the shop and, and go do that. Mm-hmm. What we're doing now is we're actually just about to launch a Kickstarter because you know I've, I'm already making putters. I'm already selling putters. That's not the... That's not the hard part. That's not the expensive part. What we're looking to do is open a shop right up downtown on 6th Street, which is our main street. It uh, you know, couldn't be a better location. It's a 114-year-old building, and we're in the process of restoring the original flooring. We're going to be putting our shop right there where we've got uh, you know, we'll have safety glass windows. You can come in, and you can watch exactly what we're doing, uh, see, the, see the processes. If you want to come in and choose like the exact block of wood that you want us to make a putter with, you know, you can choose, hey, I want that block of wood and turn that into a putter. We're going to put in a nine-hole putting course that it's going to highlight all the different aspects of Southern Oregon. So, you know, we've got Crater Lake out here. We've got the Oregon Caves. We have the Redwoods. Uh, we have the Rogue River. We've got all sorts of uh, crazy events that don't happen anywhere else in the world. Um, we're going to be highlighting all of those really cool areas in a putting course. You know, what's a, what's a putting company without a place to practice with your putters? And we're going to be doing that as well, just as a fun thing for the community to do. Uh, it's going to just be a, a really fun place for people to come hang out, but we need to make it in the first place. So right now, you know, I'm still, a, I'm still a startup. Uh, you know, we're, we're sold about uh, over 30 putters already. Um, just sold another three or four yesterday. And, you know, sales are starting to pick up, especially with all the, the feedback from the PJ merchandise show. But that's, that's one aspect, restoring the, original building that's that's something that uh, the kickstarter would be very uh, 
we need, we need that kind of help. So we're offering putters. We're offering, uh, you know, we've got really cool hats and shirts. Um, we're making these ball markers that out of the scrap wood. So when we make a putter, there's, you know, there's strips of scrap wood. We then laser cut the organ, uh, organ outline, uh, you know, put a little Bradley on it and it's, you know, about an inch wide, nice and small, real cute, but, uh, gorgeous wood in like that one little tiny piece you'll have sometimes six or seven little eyes and little uh you know grain swirls in them doing a lot of different stuff to just try and make this dream a reality we're going really fast too i've got uh you know the, the team that's been supporting me has just been and i definitely couldn't do it without them you know my name is on the club but that's pretty much you know, the help i'm getting you know again from corbin davy from uh my wife from uh, my, my, my dad and sister, while I was over in Boston, they were helping, um, they were pulling up staples from the floor. Uh, my one employee, Brett Lucas, he's, uh, been learning the process. He's, he's a much better carpenter than I am just in terms of being able to build a full house. Um, we just are perfecting the process as we go. And, uh, and he's just a, an outstanding person. You kind of, kind of guy, you walk around town and just everybody knows him. Uh, those are the kind of people I'm hiring. Those are the kind of people I'm working with i've got uh, uh jared segrist and um jason schmidt they're kind of my construction manufacturing guys where when we go to you know we're we're doing demo on the shop right now they're the ones that are you know, hauling trash out they're tearing down walls they're doing all that um if it wasn't for engineering costs for uh, you know and and uh, permits in the city we would be done right now we just have to wait for permits and and that whole process so the, the, the team that's making this happen the guys at moving mountains they're doing uh kind of the, the back end for all my search engine optimization for the web page for the instagram i do all my own content but they do some of the, the back end stuff it's just helped make it explode um and then alexa wiseman with uh thither and yon she's done all the branding and uh the logos and the the booth design um again these kind of people that i'm surrounding myself with are the you know best in the world and we're in podunk little southern oregon that most people haven't heard of yet we're able to create an international company in about two months because of these kind of people that just have amazing amazing skills that uh we just love working together it's a it's an amazing story bradley i mean it's, it's it really is and i love the excitement and the passion that you have for it just a couple of more questions and we'll let you go i saw that you guys are in, you know the official putter now of the swing thought tour talk about uh, your partnership with those guys yeah, we're we're so excited about that. So that was one came out of the PGA Merchandise Show. I uh, got contacted by Steven. He's um <clears throat> he's part of the business development crew for the Swing Thought Tour. They're in a, a massive expansion phase right now. They're expanding to the West Coast. They've historically been kind of a Southeast tour, but they're expanding rapidly. And our visions, we see golf going, what kind of businesses we want to run, what kind of people we want to be, just aligned perfectly. So. Uh, at the PJ Merchandise Show, we went ahead and made the agreement. Yeah, we want to be the official custom putter company of the Swing Thought Tour. What that means is that when someone wins a major event, so they got four major events, um, they will be flown out to Grants Pass for a Bradley Putters experience. Uh, so some people have heard of like the PXG experience or different things where you kind of go out and you get custom uh, set of clubs made for you and and do a few like a few small things. Our experience is ridiculous. So what we're doing is people will be going, I've got an artist on the team, James Samsel. He's a, uh, he's not only an oil painting artist, he's also a fly fisherman and a fly fishing guide. So we're going to be offering fly fishing trips. So go down 
the holy waters. I mean, they're, they're legitimately called the holy waters because they're such an a, amazing place. You know, we have presidents come to the area to fish all the time. It's um, uh, ridiculous in terms of the nature we have here. If you want a hunting trip, uh, you know, we'll take people bird hunting, elk hunting, deer hunting. We've got um, hot air balloon trips. We've got uh, the Boatnik Festival in Grants Pass is coming up in May. And we have all these boats that just race up and down the river. We're going to be trying to get some people onto some of those boats. We have connections with a private jet company. I know the, the pilot is uh, uh, my friend that I sat next to in chemistry class back in high school. So, again, small world over here. Everybody knows everybody, but we kind of all look out for each other and help each other out. So we're going to be doing flights over to, you know, when we can get tea times for Bandon Dunes, uh, do that up to like Tokody or Pumpkin Ridge. But it's all you know, really short flights. Uh, if, if you're working with the pack jet, you just hop over the, the mountain and it's about 30 minutes to get to Bandon Dunes. Um, we've got wine tasting here that you would not believe. So everyone has heard of Napa Valley. Napa Valley is great, but it's just really big commercial. Everybody knows about that. Applegate Valley. I'm in the Rotary Club and, ran a wine and food event for two years. We have 30, about 30 wineries within 30 miles, roughly, of the downtown shop. And we've got connections with wine tours that you just you hop in their little party bus and you hit up all these wineries. Um, you, know, you, you go meet the, the owners, um, you know, the, the Bronze family, go meet uh, Greg and Kara at the Wooldridge. You meet all these people that are just you know, friends of ours, have an amazing time, buy some just world-class wine and uh, Again, all these experiences that you'll never forget, but at the same time, we build them a custom putter. So it's exactly what color they want, whatever wood style they want, whatever shape, whatever weight, whatever loft, whatever lie, um, any of that. We, we customize everything, whether it's face balance, toe balance, heel balance, whatever they want. We customize that for them while they're out having these crazy experiences. Then they, go, you know, they, they head back home with their putter, and every time they pull it out of their bag, someone's going to be like, what is that and where did you get it? Now they've got 18 holes worth of stories built into that putter. So they can talk about that you know, 30 pound salmon they reeled in on the Rogue River. Uh, they can talk about the amazing wine, the time that they went on a, hair, a hot air balloon trip uh, in the early morning over a, a small town that's you know, kind of locked in between some mountains. Um, all these crazy experiences that you just can't really have in other places. You know, going to the Redwoods, going to the Oregon Caves, uh, doing a flight over Crater Lake. Now they've got all of these just really fun things that have happened to them that now they have an excuse to tell every time they go golfing. Cause that's what golf's all about. Golf's about stories. Golf's about friends. Um, you know, very few people just play golf by themselves forever. Like I, I used to go out and play golf uh, by myself when I had time cause I wanted to get better so that when I was with my friends, we had a better time cause I wasn't shaking it into the forest all the time. So golf is about hanging out with your buddies, making stories, telling stories. And when you have a Bradley putter, you know, it, it takes less than a minute for someone on the putting green. Like when you're just, practicing beforehand to notice that you've got something different in your hands and now everybody wants to come over and be your best friend and try it out because it's so different but it works too that's the crazy thing i just got the feedback from uh, i can't tell you who yet but one of my old students that i taught at high school because um, he used to coach golf there he is going pro in a few months and uh just sent him a putter to try out it was a black palm it was, you know, that's the one wood that we use that comes from outside of the country. It comes from India, but it's a black palm. We did it in a mid mallet design. It was about 360 grams. Um, you know, it matched every spec for him. And uh, he just tried it for the first time yesterday and could not believe how amazing it felt. The the right sound, the right feel, the right pop. It you know, starts rolling right away. Um, he was just in love with the putter. There was a, another one that it made. It was a blue and white one. We called it the Aries putter. That one was tried by a guy at Demo Day 
out at uh, the PGA show. I was just walking around with it because I didn't want anybody else to steal it. And it was, uh, you know, I just loved it. So I was watching someone else give a presentation on their, their product, the perfect putters, really cool thing. We're going to be picking some of those up, but he was like, what is that? Like, I've got to try that. Grabbed it from my hand, stood over about a six or seven foot putt with three inches of break and uh, started just trying it out. Sank his first putt. He's like, that's a pretty good putter. Hey guys, check this out. He sank his second putt. He sank his third putt. He sank his fourth putt. By then there was a crowd like, what is going on? He sank eight putts in a row with a putter, you know, a wooden putter that he never used. So people, every time they walk by at the booth, they're always, they give the same look like, wow, that's pretty. Oh, that's got to suck. And I'm like, no, just try it real quick. Just, just give it a shot. And uh, I just posted a video to my Instagram page a couple days ago of all the different reactions of people. Everyone, you know, one of the main words they say is smooth. Um, you know, they talk about the field. They talk about how it was surprising. It was not what they expected at all. And it's always like, wow, that is so much better than I was expecting. That is actually a legitimate putter. Um, and that's just, it's fun to uh, just kind of be remarkable and have people just not expect to, uh, just, just to wow people. It's just fun. Well, I'll tell you what, what's been a lot of fun is getting to spend some time with you today. I love the enthusiasm that you have, like I said a moment ago, and the energy that you've got, Bradley. I mean, it sounds like a fantastic product. You know, I've, I looked at some of the videos that you have, you know, on your Facebook page of, you know, folks try, trying it out at the PGA Merchandise Show. It seemed like they were all engaged or energized, I should say, when they were using the putter. So it's it looks fantastic. Can't can't thank you enough for taking time out of your morning to come here and share the story. Hope you'll come back and and join us again sometime, Bradley. As you know, as you guys continue, you know, all the great things that you're achieving, and uh, you know the putter can, you know, continues to grow, and and people you know get get more and more energized by it as they check you out online. And and uh, you know, goodness knows, we wish you a lot of success with the, with the storefront and everything. That sounds like that's going to be an amazing thing as well. So you know, we're all behind you here on the on next on the tee, and we hope you'll come back and and you know join us periodically and let us know how it's going. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Chris. Uh, it's been just an honor to be on the show. Um, we are in the middle of taking some more pictures of products we have for sale. Right now we only have about four putters online, but we're going to be adding about 14 more uh, in the next few days. And then just giving people um, as many opportunities as possible just to see what we're doing. And then uh, don't let, you know, for, for your viewers, don't let uh, what's online limit what you think we can do. Um, if we put everything up there that we could do, it'd be about uh, uh, a million plus variations. So, if you have a company you used to work for that had some cool colors, just you know, shoot me an email. Let me know, like, hey, I want something that is uh, blue and yellow and is engraved with these letters. No problem. We can do uh, – and, and my current putter is uh, this type of Scotty Cameron. Send me those specs. I will make a putter that has those colors, has those specs, and feels just like whatever putter you're currently using. So BradleyPutters.com. Wow. And uh, just shoot me an email, brad at BradleyPutters.com. And let our let our listeners know, Bradley, about uh, how they can follow you. What, what's your Instagram page? What what are you on Twitter? How can they follow you on social media? Yeah, just search Bradley Putters. Uh, you can pretty much Google it, and you'll find all our stuff. I've got a really good SEO team that's helped us get there. But Instagram.com slash Bradley Putters, uh, Facebook.com slash Bradley Putters, Twitter.com slash Bradley Putters. Um, we kind of just took the whole Bradley Putters uh, uh, namesake. So, um, But, yeah, just Google us, and, and you'll find us. That's great stuff. Again, Brad, thanks so much for your time this morning and, uh, and sharing your story with us. Like I say, we, we look forward to you know watching you guys grow and, and seeing all the great things that you guys uh, end up coming out with. But uh, you know, thanks for your time this morning. We look forward to catching up with you again real soon. Thanks, Chris. Bye. All right. Take care. All the best to you and your family, Brad.
You too. Thanks. That is uh, Bradley Converse. And again, BradleyPutters.com. And, you know, boy, I, just, I love the enthusiasm. And his in in his stories and and the ways you know talking about the product and you know again he went from zero to sixty you know and and just a, you know a couple of months really and uh, you know you know congratulations to him and all the great things that are following him and uh, I'm sure these guys are going to be around for a long long time and if you haven't gone online yet please go bradleyputters.com and and you know, they look fantastic and then you when you look at you know their Facebook page and you look at the videos from the PGA merchandise show and the reactions of people and all of those sorts of things it's it's really catching on and uh, we wish them uh, you know a whole lot of luck and hopefully we get the opportunity to have Brad you know back on the show here real soon and uh, hear about the great things they're doing great stuff all right, folks, it's, uh, you know, it's time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the Tee. But before we close up shop, you know, we always like to remind you, you know, about our good friend PGA Tour Pro Jim Estes and the great folks and the great things that they are doing at the Salute Military Golf Association. Let's hear a word again from Jim. The Salute Military Golf Association was created to provide rehabilitative golf experiences to the brave men and women who have been wounded while serving our country. Hi, I'm Jim Estes, PGA Golf Pro and co-founder of the Salute Military Golf Association. With my adaptive golf program, we've successfully helped thousands of soldiers in their recovery, both mentally and physically. The SMGA has been providing family-inclusive golf experiences across the country since 2007. To date, the SMGA has equipped more than 1,000 warriors with properly fitted golf clubs and has extended its clinic series to more than eight chapter and affiliate locations across the U.S. If you are a wounded veteran interested in participating or if you'd like to learn more about the Salute Military Golf Association and find a chapter closest to you, visit our website at smga.org. We've seen firsthand how impactful golf can be in aiding one's recovery. The Salute Military Golf Association, empowering wounded veterans one fairway at a time. Visit smga.org. That's smga.org. Yeah, folks, you know, they, they continue to do so, so many, you know, amazing things at the Salute Military Golf Association. Please, to find out more information and to see what you can do to get involved, check them out online at smga.org. All right, everyone, my sincere thanks, and boy, wasn't that a fun time, you know, today on the show. My sincere thanks to Ben Wright and Bradley Converse for joining me and being a part of the show. I, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed it, you know, nearly as much as I did because I had a great time. Always an honor to spend you know my mornings with with mr ben right and then boy sean yeah, i mean uh, bradley converse was really outstanding and the great things that they are doing at the uh at, at bradley putter so i had a great time i hope you enjoyed it as well please you know give me your thoughts go to our page next on the t with chris mascaro on facebook and share your feedback if you got a question for one of our future guests let me know what that is i'll try to get it on the show for you please also check out our website next on the t.net to see you know who some of our future guests are going to be and you can stream or download our show from there plus you know check out you know what you know what our guests are saying about the show so so many wonderful comments we can't thank them enough for their support please also check out our sister show thursday night tailgate with me and my co-host bob lazari our announcer joe lajanushi you know that show airs live every Thursday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You can stream it live on Blog Talk Radio as well as here on the Armed Forces Radio Network as well. That show like this one is also available as a free podcast from our great friends over at Podbean. You can also stream it on iHeartRadio as well. 
On Thursday night tailgate, we're joined every week by five NFL legends sharing their stories about their playing days and what they're doing today, plus sharing their insights into today's game as well. We also highlight two players doing great things in their communities in our Spotlight on the Positive segment. We hear so much, right, about the negative things that happen with NFL players, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, that's the 1% of the time. 99% of the guys are doing great things and helping, you know, folks in their communities, you know, whether it's kids, you know, with education or, you know, football camps or building houses for folks and, and with their foundation. So many great things. I hope you'll check out our Spotlight on the Positive every, you know, segment every week on that show. You can find us online. This show, next on the T.net, like I mentioned a moment ago, or Thursday night tailgate.com. Like I say, stream or download any of our archive episodes for free from either one of those sites or from our friends over at Podbean. Folks, thank you again for choosing to listen to this show today. We know you got thousands of choices of shows to stream or download. Uh, we really appreciate the fact that you're making Next on the T and hopefully Thursday Night Tailgate two of them. Until next week, my friends, hit them straight. You've been listening to Next on the T with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and LPGA legends, pros and top instructors, and media members go to tell their stories. Join us the same time every Saturday to hear more stories about the game we love from the people who love sharing those stories with you. It's all about the great game of golf. It's all about the great game of golf.